so I'm speaking with uh, my buddy Steve, and we're just uh, talking about uh, mindset, and uh, we figured we could just record it. And uh, what we're saying before the call is that I I was feeling off uh, last week for a few days, and that's you know I like to trace. I do my best to trace it down, you know, to what what affects me the most, and I pay close attention, you know, to pillars such as you know diet, sleep, exercise, meditation, um, what I feed my mind with, uh, you know, and all these things and how it affects me. And uh, sometimes what what we were saying is that sometimes it just feels like there's a wave of consciousness or a wave of energy that you just like get get taken by or like get affected by and sometimes very hard to narrow down to what's causing it you know whether that's the collective energies whether that's the you know the astrology explaining it or whatever that is sometimes it's very hard to explain right changes in 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 how we feel and how we think and um and then today i was feeling pretty good this morning so this morning like i was saying steve i journal and like, okay, so what's causing me to feel good now? Do I even know, right? Because if I don't know, how can I repeat it? And how can I keep doing that? So, and what, what came up was I had this morning, you know, I didn't change anything in my sleep. Like I was saying, anything in my sleep, my diet, my uh, meditation practice, and my uh, exercise. Uh, but then I had great connection this morning uh, with people. I felt good connection with people. And um, I've been, you know, lately I've been seeing when I have that and when I don't have that or I don't feel or perceive that I have connection, I, I you know, I feel different. My nervous system acts differently. Right. Um, so reacts differently to it because connection is very safe. So, you know, that plays a role. So we're just talking about all the pillars, all the things that affect our mindset and our state of being. And uh, just thought it'd be good to, to record it and maybe share it. That was a good intro. Yeah, my mind's like racing through a bunch of different things, right? I um, I just had a session um, with one of my longstanding clients who is finding her voice. And there's obviously we believe, we wouldn't be doing coaching if we didn't believe that there were, were exercises, practices, and conversations, right, that can help move people into more wholeness more including their you know mind body soul right like fullness um so it's kind of weird that we were having the conversation but i think it's an honest conversation um i just had my client um because it was all voice stuff right like not voicing opinions i um gave her a mantra to say every morning to to kind of get herself conditioned um, for for speaking with confidence and with ease, right? And that was the mantra, I speak with confidence and with ease. And upon hearing just that this was something she's going to be doing moving forward, she started crying. And I had a couple different ones in mind, but as soon as I saw the emotional connection, I was like, that's the one. That's every morning. And then at night when you journal, debrief, and see where you didn't, where you didn't do that, Drop, bring your awareness to where you didn't do it. She just texted me today and said, hey, I finally applied to that job, <laughs> right? It was like there was something about not stating what she wanted, not move, like physically not doing it, but there was also actions that weren't happening. Wow. So the activity did do something, right? The activity clearly can help break things loose and open things up. I think some of this conversation is 
And of course we know that, or we wouldn't, if we didn't think we could do that, we wouldn't be doing any coaching at all. Right. But yeah, and we've seen it in our own lives. I think the question is when you're doing all of the things and you still don't perceive yourself as opening, flowering, moving from contraction to expansion, however you want to put it, is it you like, is there a, ju- a self judgment that makes sense or is it, are there seasons where it just doesn't matter? Like what you were talking about, you went through a pattern of doing all the things that worked for you historically. You didn't change them. And yet energetically you were in a funk. Like, you know, what do we do in those moments? <laughs> How do we hold those moments? You know? Yeah. And uh, I think the easy answer, you know, is like serve the wave, like we're saying, you know, serve the wave. Um, but then sometimes, you know, surfing the wave when, that's interesting to say that you got to surf it when you have an agenda in front of you, you know, when, you, yeah. when I wanted to get this shit done. I wanted to, to, I don't know, like record like this today or feel amazing and, and like do some things, some good stuff that when you feel off, it doesn't work so well to do the thing. Right. So surrendering means like, okay, so for me, you know, it, it could be like, yeah, I mean, just for me, it's just an exercise of surrendering even more into I thought I had to do these things and it turns out I don't because, um, or I do maybe in the state that I'm going to be in and that's going to be fine, you know? So mm. for me, it's always a practice of surrender yeah. when I feel off. It's always just a practice of surrender. But I wanted to come back on what you said, mm. the mantra you gave her. Can you say it again? The mantra, yeah. I speak with confidence and with ease. Yeah, and then she, she cried. And uh, I, I mean, I don't know your client, but sometimes what happens when you cry like that is, is there's grief mm, yeah. grief is like let, letting go of um letting go of something uh of a new of an old image an old perception an old perspective grief of that grief of a letting go of a limiting belief and then yeah. allowing herself to feel into the energy of that new belief that you just gave her that new mantra yep yeah what's it's interesting like, I finally allow myself, I, excuse me, it's like she allows herself to feel that, mm-hmm. you know, to just tune into it, yeah. right? And yeah, then yeah. shit, it's available. It's like the energy is available. So she just started crying, you know? I'm just saying this could be what would have happened. Yeah, no, no, for sure. What's interesting is her egoically, she was, her ego wanted to mask what was really going on, which is part of the pattern. Um, for her specific kind of ego fixation from an Enneagram perspective. And, and she, I, she said it and I just let kind of the silence do its thing. And then I let, you know, a minute go by and I said, how did that feel? And she said, weird, felt weird. And I was like, let's, (laughs) let's go into weird. Let's open that weird door. Like what's under it. And that was when she said, Oh no, it makes me want to cry. So the ego one was trying to hide from the fact that, Oh no, this is, there really is an opening here, right? And the opening will bring a shift and the shift means the ego will have to change or adapt or maybe a piece of it dies, right? And it's just crafty, right? It's just interesting to watch those things at play in, se- in the session. But I, I, you're spot on. There was, I think there's multiple layers inside of the, when we have an experience like that. There's some grief, right? So there was a piece of her that didn't believe it was true. And then there's a piece of her that knows that this has power to move me, right? And there's a piece that's excited and there's a piece that's like, don't change things. We got to stay in this old pattern, you know, as all these things happening at once. Yeah. The ego is a fucking bitch. That's what it is. <laughs> you know, it, it tricks us. It tricks us like crazy into like, it tricks our brain so much, you know, 
no. it confuses us as to not be seen, you know, because if it's seen, then we can see it's not real, you know, we can see it's just an illusion. So it's doing all these fucking tricks on us to like hide from us the truth mm. that it was just a made up program to keep itself to from existing, you know, it just wanted to exist. So yeah. if you release the programming, if you release the belief, then what's happening to the ego well, it's like it loses a leg, you know, it loses a leg because <laughs> it loses power. So it, it's dying. So it doesn't want to die. So it's going to do all these tricks to survive. Um, and yeah, it's a bitch. Hmm. That's what it is. Uh, but I mean, does, I mean, as I say it's, it's a bitch to you because I mean, we know what the ego is and it's not literally a bitch. It serves us. Yeah. Uh, because some, if some people listen to this, you know, it serves us because, um, uh, we we initially you know add choose to add that choose to choose those beliefs choose those programs even though we were three or four or five we still chose them as a way to cope with our emotions cope with life you know we think this is going to serve me moving forward it's just that we're 35 33 years old now and we still carry that belief we had at five which is really not relevant anymore so when we shine awareness on that when we shine light on that shit you know and with love and compassion it can just like it dissolves life just dissolves it because it doesn't really make any sense anymore yeah but then uh it's not about going about it intellectually it's about bringing it you know with a gentle approach and always with love and always with compassion yeah that's how i see it yeah yeah um i have a really cool interview coming up for my podcast next week with this guy dr jerome lubb uh, he he created this model called the brain-based model of the Enneagram. It's really cool. And he goes through wow. through the neuroscience. This is why I want to have him on. I was going to do an episode on it. I was like, hey, maybe he'll actually come on and just talk to me about it. And I hit him up on – I uh, linked up with him on LinkedIn. And I was like, hey, I got this new podcast I'm just starting. Would you want to have a conversation? He was like, sure. <laughs> I was like, what? This is great. So it's going to be cool. I'm really excited about it. Um, but he has this really cool explanation from a neurological and evolutionary perspective around how our identities, he doesn't say personality, he says identity, how our identity takes shape. And he links it back to what he calls limbic attachments. So you've got, mm-hmm. you've got, you're a budding being right in this body that's just starting to grow somewhere between the ages of like you're from when you're born to around six there's a whole lot of identity that gets firmed up and it's largely a it's almost like a, a biological algorithm where input that comes in through your limbic system sensory input and of course paired with your mind too if it's negative you run from it if it's positive you want it more right and that literally that input output, almost like ones and zeros, firms up into an identity of some sort. Now, there's still some sort of groundwork at play. There's why you prefer one thing or another is kind of the nature versus nurture argument. There seems to be something of substance already present. And then the environment comes in and there's this sort of so, this big decision tree that felt good that felt bad do more of this do less of this and then you pop out as somebody who has to achieve to stave off shame or who's you know who's more power oriented and deals with their anger flaring up right and the enneagram just calls out these different ways that the ego emerges and uh, i love that explanation i thought that was it was really cool and and it also a lot of people kind of hate their personality often and when you look at it from that perspective you realize like well 
you really didn't choose this. This was all subconscious. He says like 5% of the identity formation is a conscious choice. 95% of it is biological processes happening. So I like that because it's like, I, it helps people understand this thing that you don't like, this ego fixation that's working against you. Like you didn't, you didn't necessarily choose this. This is how identities are, for, for, are formed and everyone has an identity. So let's put the shame away and let's talk about how we move forward, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. <clears throat> that can that the way that way to put it. And again, it's just another model, right, to explain the same thing over and over again. You know, but it's very interesting. And I mean, yeah, the five percent conscious, 90, 95 percent subconscious. You know, it's you know, it's I think it's agreed upon by most people. Um, that you know most of what we do on a daily basis is just run is just subconsciously run mm. you know, we don't really choose much yeah. in our days that's why that's where the five five percent comes from so but do you, do you yeah, think we're then changing? i think that the more we the, yeah i think the more we mm. peel that onion the more we peel that subconscious i think the percentage switches yeah. to the conscious yeah that was gonna open your eyes. Uh, i'm not saying we're gonna gain control of our you know like our biological things and our digestive system and all the things i mean we don't want them to be conscious like it's pretty cool like, <laughs> that's true yeah. but when it comes to when it <laughs> when it comes to you know programmings and beliefs about life and all these things i think the more we peel it the more we gain conscious control um, of conscious creators, the more we become conscious creators instead of conscious, instead of a subconscious victims. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No. So I instead do, of I becoming do. being victims to to the programs of the subconscious, which is what happens to you know all of us to a certain extent, then we become more creators and conscious creators in the sense that we can use our mind to consciously design and create something based on what we desire and then choose how we want to feel in regards to it and yeah. then observe you know what what beliefs could be in the way and all of that so we become way more conscious of our lives the more we do the work um, in a way yeah no i i agree and i think that's and maybe this kind of brings us back to the original topic as well because as you become more aware you start to notice things that are good for you and bad for you, things that are moving you more into like that constriction mode or things that are moving you into more expansion and more awareness of what's happening around you, what's happening to you. And uh, what I always tell my clients and the reason we use the Enneagram as a foundation is because it's got really good information for you, but we pair it with mindfulness because if you can't pay attention while you're walking through your day, then what's the use of the information? So when you pair the, good wisdom with an, an expanding awareness and practices that expand awareness. There's all this new information that we have access to and we can parlay that new information into more expansion, right? So this is like knock on or snowball effect that we can have. And to bring this full circle, I think one, one of the things that can be frustrating is when we are aware of what's good and what's bad for us and we're doing all of the things and then we still hit, we hit a state that we feel like we shouldn't be in. Right. And I wonder what you think about that. Are there that judgment alone? Like, why does it, why is that there? Why shouldn't we feel a certain way? Do you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yes. 
who's making that judgment? Yeah. Like if you're in a funk energetically, why is that bad or wrong? You know, like which part of you is is judging that as bad? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Is it, is it your limitless infinite self or is it the ego construct that you have of how things should be? Which one is it? Mm. Yeah, I think this is, yes, right? yes. I think that's this is getting towards a thing that I've been really circling for a while is in is like what is is it okay is it really wrong or bad or is there a value statement attached to you doing something wrong if you step into a period a season of suffering right yeah i mean the ego our ego is going to be like fuck you know i wanted to be mm -hmm. productive i wanted to to do some good shit. But then if you look at us from a, the point of view of God from up there, you know, it would probably be like, <laughs> well, this is you, you know, this is, this is a human experience. You know, this is perfect. Yeah. And you just, you're living exactly what you should be going through right now. And everything's happening perfectly. And you're exactly where you should be based on who you believe that you are and what you're going through and all yep. that. Right. So from our ego perspective, it's not good enough and it's not, where we want to be but from a greater perspective it's probably exactly where we should be yeah where else could you be where else could i be yeah so so how does i wonder how this feels and i'm forming it as i as i'm saying it i'm actually forming it but so as we expand our awareness and identify life-giving energy giving practices ways of thought right ways of moving in the world we should be doing those we should be looking out for those we should be incorporating those you know new ways of talking about ourselves new ways of thinking about ourselves and others you know new ways of practicing mindfulness getting still you know spiritual practice do those things, pay attention to what's giving you energy and what's taking you energy from you. But as you do that, hold the outcome loosely. The outcome of, I have to feel good, be activated 24 seven, be, you know, manipulating and warping reality to the things that I want, you know, the, the, all the, the reasons quote unquote, that we do the things that are good for us, hold those things loosely, right? Because maybe those aren't the point as much as the practice is what do you think yeah 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 definitely the way i see it now is like um you know setting goals is very you know it's very like again it's i don't know if it's equal based is the right way to put it but setting goals it's saying like this is what's there for me it's like you're trying to predict mm -hmm. what's available for you or what's what's there for you but then I see goals or I see outcomes or desires as a target. So I'm going to target this because it feels amazing to thrive for that. Yes. Right. So I'm going to set this target that I want to walk to because it motivates me, because it inspires me, because I want that, because it calls me, it, res it resonates yes. with me, you know, it magnetizes me. So I'm going to set that, but then I'm not going to be attached to it. So the idea is that I just follow the breadcrumbs of excitement if i use the way that ben puts it 
follow the breadcrumbs of excitement and inspiration and just keep doing this over and over and over and over. And then if the goal or the outcome or the thing that I said changes, it changes. doesn't matter. If I hit it, I hit it. If I don't hit it, I don't hit it. But then the path is like, I said that because it, you know, excites me in a good sense, in a good, you know, a good way. It energizes me. And then I follow the next step forward that I can come up with that again calls me because we all we always know the next step forward. We never know the 10 step forward, the, the 10 next steps, but we always, always know the next right step. Right. You know, no matter what it what it is, we always kind of know the next step. So we can always move towards the next step that feels good, that feels expensive, that feels light. And the more we do that, the more I've been, I'm just going to speak from experience and from what I've seen in my 34 years is that the more we move towards that, the more that we follow those breadcrumbs, you know, that those things that inspires us, the more that our life force, our energy, our charge, our energetic charge, literally uh, ramps up, ramps right. up. As much as I'm going to put it like directly like that, as much as diet and sleep and exercise, you know, it's good for us and it helps the vibration of the body, it helps ramp that up. The following of spiritual uh, resonance for us, for me, in my experience, does the exact same thing. It's as important, if not more important, to follow what's true for us, yeah. what's authentic, and to step into our authenticity, integrity and transparency as any other practices could be. I think that's number one. Following our bliss, following our excitement, for me, in my book, it's number one. And everything else is after that. Yes. In in terms of building spiritual mass, in terms of building that, you know, spiritual alignment where that place where, you know, you just feel you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You just feel amazing. You just feel light, peaceful in the present moment, you know? So when you follow, constantly follow what feels good. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying pleasure. I'm not saying, you know, eat chips and drink beer every night and stuff like that. But what actually resonates for us, you know, electromagnetically, you know, like what resonates, what we feel pulled towards when we follow that magic happens. Yeah. What I hear you saying and correct maybe i think you're saying and this is a connection that i'm i'm making now is as we expand our awareness right we bring that first five percent up higher right we bring more of what we're doing to consciousness and we realize what feeds us more to help exponentiate and, and become more aware we are uncovering more of ourselves and if we let that be what it is or, or be authentic to put it another way, then that is actually, I think that might be the whole process we're describing. Right. And I authentically, these things open me up. They, sh- they make me um, whole. They help me move me into expansion. And so I'm going to keep doing these things because this is what is true. This is what's authentic for me. And that includes moving in this direction of life, talking this way, connecting with people this way. Right. We keep on, un- we keep cutting through the bullshit, finding what we actually are, the true self and letting the true self be in the world the way that it is. Right. 
I think all of that is just authenticity, right? We're truly being authentic in our movement. And maybe that's the whole point or the, or maybe that's the higher purpose is to truly find out what you are, truly let yourself out of the cage, let yourself free. And one of the knock-on things or one of the secondary effects is you generally feel fantastic. Not always, but generally you're going to have these symptoms that come from movement in that way. And it's going to be, uh, I mean, somatically your body's going to be healthier. Your mind's going to be healthier, right? Your anxiety is going to be lower. Um, there's all kinds of good stuff that comes out, but those are almost secondary to the fact that the whole purpose is uncovering your true self and moving in authenticity. If you're doing that, regardless of the light, fluffy feelings, you're doing the thing. This is what you're here for, right? Yes, exactly. That's exactly how I see like- it as an uncovering of who we really are. And the more we move towards that, you know, towards what guides us to uncover that, which is what's like, which is ultimately what's true. Uh, then the more that exactly, the more we find out who we yeah. are, the better we feel. Yeah. Then everything is better. And then the more that we work, that we not that we work, to, but the more that we move away from that, then the heavier it feels, the yes. more contracting it feels, and uh, we're following, we're buying into lies, we're buying into stuff that's not true ultimately. But we have to start there. You know, I've never seen anyone not start by finding out who they're not, <laughs> right? I have never seen someone do not start the process by first finding out who am I not? <laughs> yeah. What, you know, who am I not? What, what's not true about me? Uh, and then the more that you know who you're not, then you start having glimpses of who you could be underneath that. But first of all, the first, you know, I'm going to speak for myself, you know, but the first 25 years was just moving further away after, you know, I hit maybe seven or eight years old. It was moving further away from who I really am up until I had the stage where it's just not non-sustainable anymore. You know, it was, it was was feeling suffocating. It was getting unhealthy. My body was getting unhealthy. So it was just, I was dying. And then this is the critical mass that I hit, you know, that, People call that spiritual awakening, whatever. Sure. But this is the place where shit, the perceived pain of staying the same is worse than the perceived pain of right. change. So that's when we actually begin to change is because we think it, it's a better deal for us if we actually take the leap and change because it's, it's you know, we feel so bad that it just cannot be any worse. So I'm like, this can be worse if I finally take, uh, you know, if I, the other path cannot be worse than that. So we start changing and then we build momentum yep. and momentum yep. and momentum towards that. But then there are cycles. Then there are cycles, you know, uh, we're never anywhere. You know, when we think we've, we've hit the stage, we haven't, you know, it come and uh, goes and come and goes and come and goes. And that's where what we were talking about earlier, the constant process of, you know, accepting, uh, surrendering, uh, having faith, having trust and, it's a dance, you know, it turns out to be a dance of like, just surf the waves and uh, yeah, enjoy it and discover more of who you, who you and are. And let it out. That's the sense. thing, right? If you discover something about yourself it's and then you keep it closeted, you're not doing it either, right? And that's moving back into, con- typically it's the ego yeah, that won't yes. let that out, right? Moves you back into contraction, over-identifying with the ego, giving it too much clout. 
and uh, that'll that'll jam us up too energetically and spiritually. Yes, that will jam us up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, that's good stuff. I uh, I have another call in sure. seven minutes, so we have maybe okay. five minutes to close this up. If you had any, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that was this is good. Um, I'm I'm an external processor, so these conversations are good because I'll I'll have a sense that I made a connection, but it isn't until I start to talk it out that it takes form and shape. And so there's times where I literally talk, say something out loud. It's the first time I've thought about it or heard it. And I say, Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> you know? So I had definitely had a few of those in this conversation. Those yes. are great. Yeah. Me too. It's the same thing. You know, I spend all day just, you know, being and, and like investigating and feeling into things and stuff. I'm a big, you know, I'm like five yeah. and four. So I think I'm a big feeler. So to actually speak it out, helps a lot to see where I'm at and to make sense of things and to organize the yep. puzzle in my mind to verbalize it helps me integrate and organize it you know even though it seems sometimes intellectual because uh, it makes sense you know we make sense of everything uh, the best way we can uh, it's still part of integrating the, yeah the well and you and and by hearing it I actually use voice memos on my phone so I record it and then I'll sometimes I'll play it back and mm-hmm. listen back to what I was saying. And there is something of like somatically, there's something different from thinking a thought to actually hearing it, speaking it out and hearing it back. Like there, it, it does something different to me. I don't know. I don't know what it's hard to articulate what exactly it is, but it holds a different kind of energy, so to speak, when I do it as opposed to sitting down in silence and thinking something through. And in a sense, I can't think, the same, I don't think the same way as the external processing. They're, they're almost different things for me. So. You don't think the same way as the external processing? Do you mean? About yeah. Like I can't do the same thing internally as what yeah, I do when I yeah, external yeah, yeah. process. It, it doesn't work the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's just the way I'm, my brain's wired or what, but. Yeah. It doesn't have the same value. I can, obviously I'm okay at thinking I can, I can do things in my mind, but um, yeah, there's just a certain time yes. when saying it out loud. There are certain topics specifically where speaking yeah. it out is, is um, way more beneficial and more illuminating. So, yeah, I used to be horrible at verbalizing things like really bad. And I, I thought when I was younger in my twenties, I thought that, it was very clear in my mind, but I couldn't explain it to gotcha. someone. I couldn't break it down and explain it to someone. <laughs> and usually, you know, there's, no, I mean, it's another part of the brain that needs to be developed. I don't remember which part of the brain it is, but to, to, to speak it out, to verbalize, it's not the same part that, you know, does the reflection. Correct me if I'm wrong. But, um, but then uh, sometimes when we can't explain something, it's usually because we do not understand it. Yeah, as well as yeah. If we can't explain something that if we can break down something to the level where a five, seven years old would understand it, even a three year old, then how much do we actually understand it? If we can't explain it simply, yeah. we can really understand it. No, that's a good test too, to know how well you understand a topic, right? Or a subject or or even something you're teaching. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's good. Because yeah. when people say you can't explain something or it's too complicated or something, well, you just don't really know it, you know? You right. don't really know it. 
So when I see someone not be, being able to explain me the, the one, the thing they want to explain me, and uh, maybe they're a teacher of that stuff or a coach of that kind of thing, then something's mm. off. You know, if you can't explain it, then you don't yeah. understand <laughs> yeah. it to yeah, level, yeah. to an extent. That's good. Awesome. So uh, cool. we'll cut it here and uh, right, talk to you soon. Have a great Bye. weekend. It's good chatting.